Hi, welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Sean, Chris, Lee. An exciting moniker. It was all right. It was better than you'd expect, wasn't it? There was a lot more going on. There was a bit of weather. But I think the fact that it always helps. It does. It does help. It's definitely a lot more more to it than Monaco's we have seen of late. But yeah, it's still. I think it's still in the exciting for Monaco category, isn't it? It's as as good a Monaco as you could help as you could hope for, without having like a one of the best Monaco's ever. You know, as as far as a good Monaco goes, that you don't get them much better than that. Not the Monaco we wanted, but the Monaco we deserved. Maybe I, 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 I it, it probably. I, I mean, I, I don't quite understand the negativity the race got. I, I thought, um, it had me on the edge of my seat for the race. I was never bored watching it. Oh no! I mean, there was there was a lot going on all the time, except for the bits when there wasn't. But that's when there was the red flags. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, that's the thing, isn't it? My opinion is that, it, and I've just said it before we start recording, that if it was any other circuit, you, you, you'd you think you might get an overtake. But because it was Monaco, you were pretty certain they were just going to follow each other the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I that's, think that, that's yeah. I mean, obviously, something like Baku has proved that street circuits can work. But oh, I mean, IndyCar proves that street circuits can work, so does Formula A. You know, street circuits can work. It's just... That's a particularly narrow street circuit. Yeah. It's narrow and it's tight and they're doing the lap in like what is it now? Like race race trims like what one minute twenty by the time they've mm. shed some fuel. Mm-hmm. So it's uh it was supposed to be seventy eight, ended up getting cut to seventy seven laps. Mm. But um and then we didn't even get that far. Um I don't know, like <sighs> I've had this debate internally and I think we've had it. Sixty four laps. Sixty-four, it was in the end, was it? Yeah, and then and then you know we, we've had it, we've had it on the podcast you know before, but Formula One was okay when we didn't go to Monaco because of COVID. Formula One was just fine, I, right? I think Formula One would be fine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was I've been on the camp of we should scrap Monaco for a long time, but it suddenly sort of dawned on me. That we have what a a, tw- a twenty three race season, twenty two um, now, twenty two, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, it, and it could possibly end up with a couple more races, you know, within the next year or two. Um, if Monaco goes, nothing like Monaco ever happens again. It's a bit like the TT if, in that in that respect. If you um, if we were to suddenly decide to stop doing the TT because it was too dangerous or something something like that. Um, that doesn't happen. Somewhere, you know, it's you don't have something like that ever again in history. And I think Monaco's the same. And if that means, because Saturday's qualifying was really fucking exciting, and it's like qualifying sessions are rarely as exciting as a Monaco qualifying session. Yeah, because that's where the race, not not as one, but if you if you have a shit qualifying there's very little chance you're going to do well in the race yeah and you know you're always too, you're always what like a, a a fraction away from somebody making a fucking like cat- catastrophic error and ending up in bits you know it's the yeah. uh so i think it's worth 
a couple of average hours on a Sunday to keep something as historic as Monaco is where my head's landed at it. And you're right, it's it's not it's not suitable for modern Formula One. It, and it's not fucking ideal for racing those cars around. But there's something special about it and that I think needs preserved. I wonder if it could be made better for modern F1 because they're doing this big reclaimed land project, aren't they? Kind of just mm-hmm. off by where the entrance to the tunnel is. I yeah, that used to be C. Yeah. Yeah. They've they did say when they started doing that project that they didn't rule out adapting the track to go that way. There is potential they could make that wider and make it slightly more racy. Yeah, I, I think I mean I think that would be it would be ideal, wouldn't it, to to actually change it and make it better. I saw something else. Um there was there was something that was brought up in another podcast, I can't remember which one it was. And uh, somebody was saying about how that there's there's various rules that are slightly different and slightly tweaked for Monaco. So why not have like an extra tire compound? So so you know you're you're guaranteed like a a, a three stop race, for instance. Make it so they've got to use all three compounds during yeah, the race. Use, <clears throat> yeah, or if, if it's a dry race, you've got to use all three three compounds. Um. Just something, you know. It's, if Monaco needs help to be interesting, then let's just help it be interesting. There's no, you know, there's, I, I don't really think it. I, I don't, I don't think it matters that much. You know, the people moan about gimmicks and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't think that would be gimmicky. If that's the case, we shouldn't have make them use two compounds. You know. Yeah, I mean, have, you know, have it so that. Make it a bit more of a challenge, or a racing challenge. Yeah, make it so you so there's more variation in strategy. So if you can't, if you can't overtake on the track, then let's give the strategists an opportunity to try and strategize themselves past somebody. Mm. I mean, after after Sunday, there's definitely a few things that do need changing. Um, Ferrari's te- Ferrari's uh, strategy department. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm not. Yes. Well, I'm not, I'm not even talking about anything to do with the teams yet. <laughs> Um, how can they lose power to the grid? Yeah, that's sloppy, isn't it? I mean, do we know whether it was weather-related or if it was just somebody unplugged the wrong thing? Or um, I think it was weather-related. See, that's They lost good. power in South Korea, didn't they, one year? Was it the last year, I think, they, they raced in South Korea? They, were, they, they lost power at the race circuit, and not everybody who was there realised that they were still on... Um, still on air. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the only thing that was was just about working was was people's commentary boxes. That was it. Uh, all the lights were off. Everything. Um, luckily, I don't think anybody came into the pits before. Um, you know, before before the power came back on because mm. I don't know what would have happened because obviously all the air guns and things are mm-hmm. powered by compressors. So, yeah. I mean, they got through it. More power to them. Ah. Uh, you know that tumbleweed that we were talking about during the Patreon show? Hey, hey, hey. There's only, there's only four people here, including myself. Somebody out there laughed. <laughs> somebody, somebody in the future is in a car somewhere driving to work going, huh, funny that. <laughs> yeah, and that's all they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I'll take it. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's the amount of laughter I'm usually happy with after one of mine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, basically, what happened was the rain put the power out um, for the whole of the start system, and the reason that they didn't have a standing start at all during the day was they hadn't managed to get the start lights fixed in time. Fantastic. So they couldn't have a standing start because there were no lights to do it, So, which is why they had to restart twice. It's great, this, isn't it? Right. The, pin- the, the pinnacle of motorsport, and we've not even got waterproof lights. Yeah. Cool. That's ridiculous. Yeah, the, the race is managed by... Is it managed by the government of Monaco or something like that, or the Automobile Club of Monaco? Yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's the ACM, who are also in charge of the TV broadcast with the local broadcasters, and it's the only race on the calendar that Formula One aren't the host broadcaster for. Yeah, also uh, the sponsors don't don't tie in with what Formula One already has contracts. Which is which um, is why you've got a Rolex advert, which is standard as part of the F1 contract, followed immediately by a bridge with Tag Heuer all across it. Yeah, yeah, which absolutely. Is, which is the official watch of the Monaco Grand Prix. So, so yes, it doesn't work, does it? Do you know what I mean? It's there's, there's so many things that need to change, and uh, from what I can tell, Formula One as an entity has been pushing for Monaco to change a little bit. You know, like have you thought about flattening out this curb here? Have you thought about maybe uh, you know widening this turn, and we'll pay we'll pay the, the compensation for whoever loses a little bit of uh, you know, real estate, like a couple of square feet of real estate, just to have the barrier, the Armco barrier, a few feet further back, um, and Monaco just won't change. Um, and the, uh, there's only only one thing tends to happen when people refuse change is that they get left behind. Mm. Uh, and I really think Monaco is on the cusp of being left behind. And Lee's right; he's not wrong when he says that you know, if if Monaco goes, there's there's never anything like Monaco again. Uh, you know, unless you bring it back at some point in the future. But, <laughs> but it's the only thing goes, that could, the gone. only thing that can replace Monaco is Kimmy uh, Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it is a genuine one-off, and you know, it's it's been there every year except for um, except for two now, because mm-hmm. the Italian Grand Prix has been there every year. Yes, I think. In some form. Uh, yeah, in, in one form or another since, since the World Championship started. Um, is, 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 the, is the British Grand Prix on every calendar? Not the same circuit, obviously, but has there always been a Grand Prix in, in Britain since the beginning of the calendar as well? It feels like there should have been. That feels right. Mm. But it's, it's one of the historic mm-hmm. circuits and it's practically unchanged from the first year the race around there. Aside, aside from the bit they had to change because Maldonado. Well, yes. <laughs> there have been changes since yeah. the first race there. I mean, the the Rascast was, was, was just a hairpin um, and there was no Rascast. There was no restaurant there mm. um, when they first started, excuse me, when they first started racing. So uh, where would there da- have been Where would Dan Tickton have gone for his sushi if it wasn't there? Exactly. Mm. But uh, it's... Um, there have been changes, but I think I'm trying to think the last time I, I looked at Monaco and thought, oh, that's different. And I think it's when they remodeled the swimming pool chicane. They made it fast. Uh, 
25 years ago, maybe? Mm. I mean, the, un- the only change that I've noticed in recent years is that there's no Zepter adverts in the tunnel anymore. Yes, I, I noticed that because I think for about five years in a row, it was like, what well, the fuck's Zepter? And had to look at it. Turns up expensive pans. Sports pan, wasn't it? Expensive yeah. pans. Very expensive <clears throat> pan. Which, which is why I had a quick go on Photoshop and got a picture of the Monaco Tunnel and replaced the Zepter ad with Steel's Pots and Pans. Fantastic. One for all the uh, blinkers out there. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what it means, ask. Um, but yeah, I think that that's been that's been just about the only change. Sorry, we've got a cat trying to sit on a ladder crack on nest. Not that it's not that kind of nest, Dizzy. Uh, right, should we go team by team? Yes. Go on then. Right, starting at the back with two DNFs. Although we only really saw one of them, is it? Two contrasting DNFs, wasn't it? Because it was, it was a technical for Magnuson. He just quietly disappeared, and it was like, oh, look, that he is not in a car. Very much not like that for Schumacher. No, that looked terrifying because you, when you when you first saw it, the After Effects mm-hmm. with the gearbox complete and oh, the, the car, the back car end looked like Rojon's car. Yeah, which it's meant to do that. Because, you know, it takes away the energy of the crash. But it's Mick Schumacher destroying another car. I thought when I saw that, there's no fucking way anyone's walking out of that. Mm. I was very surprised to see him just, like, walking out the car like, eh, it's crashed, there we go, let's mm. go to the pub. Yeah, I felt I felt bad at first, and mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, sh- that's, like, clearly a red. I was like, where's the red? Why haven't they red flagged it? Why haven't they red flagged it? And then I saw Mick Schumacher getting out of the car, and I was like, oh. Okay. Because he's fine. How is he fine? Yeah, well, we heard his radio message, didn't we? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, thank fuck for that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, he just got out and, and carried on. What, what what was that? Jesus Christ. <laughs> a snoke from the depths of hell. I think that was someone with a bean can exhaust driving past our window. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't even it think was- that was Primal Scream. I think that was just a car. It was it was <laughs> such a sub bass note <laughs> in my headphones. It's because they've got to compete with the bikers at the moment, haven't they? So they're obviously going extra bean canny. Embarrassing, <laughs> really, when you think about it, isn't it? I've got a Fiesta. <laughs> yeah, tar- carry on, Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah, where, where were we before Barry White in engine note form turned up? <laughs> Mick Schumacher. Yes, another crashed car. Yeah, a very innocuous looking crash as well, wasn't it? It's just like he's driving, he's driving, he's spinning. Yeah, we saw a few drivers catch it, didn't we? Mm. Sort of on the Saturday. Clearly, it was uh, a bit more, um, a bit more difficult to hold on a Sunday when it was wet. But I don't think we saw anybody else almost lose it on the Sunday. Was it Vettel and Ricardo lost it? Right. What was that? I don't know. That was that was me clicking on a page with an advert coming up for <laughs> a bloody Star Trek game because I was just about to say. Right, have they paid? No. Well, they can fuck off then. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to mix that out. Yes. Wow. Um, <laughs> don't, don't lie. That's not getting mixed. Fuck it anywhere. <laughs> I was just I was just the only a- thing you're mixing that with is a bit of Jack. <laughs> Um, yeah, basically, what Mick Schumacher said was he was 10 centimetres offline and that caused He's the crash. Mm. <laughs> I am. 10 <laughs> centimetres offline? Yeah. 
10 centimetres is 10 centimetres too much. Yeah. yeah. In Monaco, 10 centimetres is quite a lot. 10 centimetres is barrier or not barrier. Because he'd, uh, he'd already broken his front wing earlier on. Right. That doesn't well, help. Look. Well, it's all right, because there was a red flag, so he could... Oh, no, wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we've had... Um, we had drivers at the weekend, which I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to talk about in a bit, which didn't have like their best weekends, and uh, some drivers that just didn't do very well. But the only drivers that looked oh, reckless, you know, like dangerous to be on track, happened to be the three drivers that are either paying their way there or are there because of their name. I don't think it's an accident, and I think that these new cars being a bit more tricky to drive again. Are uh, are showing up the people that probably shouldn't be in Formula One. Which saying that we'll move on to Williams and start with Latifi's fifteenth place finish and oh he crashed on the parade lap out didn't lap he crash yeah, yeah, yeah he not did. good yeah. I mean I thought he was out of the race but he was, he's rarely yeah. in the race even mm. when he's in the race. I mean benefit of the doubt that Williams looked really fucking tricky this weekend but. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you, when you look at the fact that, I mean, Albon nearly stuck that into Q2. You know, it's so <laughs> close. Only a second off off the the leading time at that point, I think, wasn't he? It was something ridiculously close, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Latifi needs Gond. Like, it's, it, it's, it's not helping anybody now. And I wonder, especially that essentially every, every car can now score points, given, like, given the opportunity. Um, oh, it was uh, 1.042 off um, Leclerc's time. Was Alban. absolutely f- fucking great job. But the and now every now every team is capable of scoring points. I think it's m- more important than ever that every team has drivers that are capable of scoring points. And as, yeah. as polite as he is, mm-hmm. yeah, he seems absolutely harmless enough. Just shite. I think he's just too old for it. Like I know, I know he's not like old old, but I think he came in late compared to Formula One. He's drivers. racing driver old, isn't he? He spent too yeah. long in F two. He was it, he like he felt like a permanent fixture in F two. Mm-hmm. One one by default essentially came second. Because, yeah, all of those people, all all of the people that were better than him in F two got Formula One drivers yeah. drives to the point that he became. <laughs> a top a formula 2 driver mm-hmm. just because all the other good ones have disappeared so it's yeah it's it's a shame for him but the experiment's got to stop at some point i think that's it. i think he kind of he he earned his shot but i think he's now had his shot and we've kind of got the gist at this point and yeah thank you see you later yes uh how how many years has he been in the sport now this is his third year in F1, isn't mm. it? He was in F2 for, I think, at least three seasons. Decade, two. He's <laughs> always uh, been around Formula 1. I remember him being a young driver getting into the Force India team in, like, 2015. And now, I, I hate to break it to everyone, but that's seven years mm. ago now. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, he did... Um, well... Two partial seasons and one full season in GP2, and then two full season, uh, three full seasons in F2. So that's six seasons. Effectively, yes. Jesus wept. Um, very uh, 
strange. It's only going to get worse as well, isn't it? The the budget cap should have sorted this problem out to a certain mm-hmm. extent and made made uh, made pay drivers less less needed. Yeah. But I, I feel that the like upcoming financial crisis is going to scupper that. Well, they're yeah. already what talking it's, about what it's done is made is made the, the poor teams suffer a bit more because they've had to get drivers who will pay money, and uh, you've you've ended up with, with with more accidents so they actually end up losing money because of yeah. because of trying to find a way around the budget cap yeah who's typing yeah. on an old typewriter uh, that's not typing that is gesturing at a cat i was clicking my shelf. fingers to try and stop a cat from we were trying um, to subtly <laughs> scoop her down off the shelf stop her knocking over two bottles all of sean's racing trophies um a bobblehead eddie number of the beast edition if anyone's interested. And her late brother's ashes. Oh, yeah, no, no. So we try and keep her off that shelf. Yes. Um, yeah, um, it's it's going to be the bloody Grosjean Maldonado syndrome again, isn't it? You know, is, is the money they're bringing in just there to cover what they wreck? I think uh, when you've got someone like Oscar Piastri sat around doing feckle, then... yeah. I think it's probably worth finding out if there is a more cost-effective option. And I think it might be, uh, it may well be him. Mm-hmm. It's not just Piastri, though, is it? There are so many drivers who haven't gone to Formula One. Yeah, I mean, De Vries other... beat him in the championship yeah. when um, yeah. when Latifi finished second in F2. Obviously, Hulkenberg still floating around. Giovinazzi was there with his luxurious hair at the weekend. There are lots of people campaigning yeah. for seat. I think Hulkenberg's maybe, you know, had his chance. I would say um, it, it was sad when he when he you know sort of got relegated to super sub. But um, oh, he, he's sat there right now, crossing his fingers for monkeypox. Welcome back for twentieth in the twenty one driver championship though, isn't he? He is. Yeah. yeah, until Latifi gets um a twelfth place or better. Could be a wait. Yep, yeah, he will be behind Hulk. I heard um, Crofty say on uh during the race that Latifi is the only driver this season to not run in the points at any point during any race. It's not good. Nah, it's, that's fucking ridiculous, isn't it? To that not really even in a is. weird pit stop cycle find yourself in the top ten for like half a lap is wild. Yeah, that's that's really stupid. Mm. Unimpressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we you know we saw after that performance in Hungary last year. When Hung- he- Hungary last year was weird though. But he genuinely genuinely hung on to that seventh place. He did. But Ocon won that and race. George, and... <laughs> do you remember George Russell who fell behind Nicholas Latifi at the start? Um, he uh, said, look, sacrifice my mm-hmm. race to save Nicky's because he's in front of me. Yeah. So I think that's exactly what Williams did, if I remember. They used George to hold um, to, to hold people up to help Nicholas Latifi get a little mm-hmm. bit further down the road, much like um, Alonso did with Hamilton. Well, we'll, we'll come this weekend and back then. <laughs> we'll, we'll come to the back of that train very shortly. <laughs> um, what to say about Alban? Again, it was a... Oh, is he retiring? Retirement. Yeah, he had a couple of little 
journeys, didn't he? Did he get a time penalty for flat, um, track limits as well, I think? Uh, yes. Always impressive in Monaco. Yeah, repeated track limit violations. I think he kept forgetting to take the uh, take the new Velcher cane. Is that not self-punishing, though? Usually, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he got... Um, yeah, a five-second penalty for leaving the track and gaining an advantage. I don't think he gained much of an advantage, given that he was at the back of the field for most of the race. Yeah. And didn't didn't really notice him. No. Can we put that down to the TV direction? No, Quite I possibly, think he possibly just didn't do anything that spectacular. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, it's, um... One of the anonymous Sauber sort of syndrome things, isn't it? The car, the car and the driver... Um, you know, you can't tell you can't tell how good the driver is because the car's a dog. But also, um, <coughs> when you're that far back, nothing's going to happen. So no one's interested. Yeah. Mm. Right. Uh, AlphaTauri next. Um, Gasly in eleventh. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, lousy qualifying. Mm. So I mean, gaining gaining six places in Monaco. Okay, that's good. Yeah, it's good. It's just a shame he qualified 17th. Yeah. He was, I think, was he the first person to switch onto the Inters that didn't drive into a wall during the parade lap? I think he was He was sort of at the front end of the, the tyre changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he did go first and... I think he finished the race behind Ocon, didn't he? But because he of Ocon's handy penalty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Ocon, uh, Ocon ended up losing three places. Wow, going on that because yeah, he um, crossed the crossed the line ninth, mm-hmm. three tenths behind Hamilton, and um, because of his coming together with Hamilton, ended up um, ending up ended up twelfth. But we will we will get to that. But obviously Latifi was held up in the Alonso train. Um, Fernando doing four seconds off the pace laps to save his tyres. Mm. It worked. He, well, it didn't work. I mean, it worked as in he was able to defend because of that. But I think they knew that was the best they were going to get. But uh, Alpi, are we talking about Alpine? Or they well, no, we're, we're, to- we're, talk- we're talking about AlphaTauri because um, they were next because we had Gasly 11th and um, Sonoda. Sonoda, who went off the circuit more than anyone, I think. I think he- <laughs> yeah, he um, kept taking the, uh, what was it, the, the tourist route, they called it. This weekend, it's, it's normally uh, going to do the shopping. Yeah, but I think going Le- straight on at Saint Devote. Like, yeah, but, five times. But I think Le Mans got the rights to that. But yeah, effect- effectively, Gasly and uh, Sonoda swap places. One started in eleventh, one started seventeenth, and the one that started in seventeenth finished eleventh, and the one that started in eleventh finished seventeenth. Cool. So multi two thousand two hundred and ten. Ish. <laughs> Somebody say something. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was pretty. No, that was, it was that was all right. Multi twenty two. Was it two thousand two hundred and ten? They probably could have gone multi twenty one, couldn't they? Given the first numbers of their uh, respective cars, but you know, mm. Red Red Bull based teams don't listen to that shit. No, that, that is true. Um, but yeah, Sonoda didn't really um, didn't really have much control over the car when it came to braking for turn one. And that, that at was at every lap. Yeah, and that that was about all he did. 
just ran wide and then crept back ran apolo- wide and got crept, angry crept back apologetically onto the circuit behind everyone that had just passed him <laughs> Mm, straight is a strange one, Sonoda, isn't he? Mm. It feels like the the second coming of Kobayashi. You know, like maybe he'll have a he might have a spectacular race in him somewhere where he overtakes about fifteen people, and then the rest of his career will be complete mediocrity, where people constantly refer to that one race where he actually did something. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Aston Martin next. Vettel with a much-needed point in 10th and Stroll with a much-needed tyre change before the race Vettel had properly started. Yeah, Vettel was, was the, the, the big the biggest winner, was he, out of tyre changes early on? He was the biggest winner out of Ocon's penalty. Mm. <laughs> yes, he was, yeah. But um, the... Uh, yeah, the, you know what I mean. The early interchange. Yeah, he went. He was one of the early ones, and he benefited the most, I think, from that. Um, I don't think anybody else finished ahead of him who made the early switch. Um, but I might be wrong, and happy to be proven wrong. No, I think he. I think he timed it right. He obviously benefited from Stroll switching early, so he probably had that time to think actually maybe not quite yet for the Inters because my teammates all over the fucking place yeah but in fairness Stroll would have been all over the fucking oh, place oh I mean Stroll on, was all over drive. the place on the parade lap he, you know Latifi we've taken the piss out of a bit but he was not the only Canadian in the barrier on the parade lap and in fact did they not then nearly crash into each other in the pit lane as well when they were changing tyres yes well oh, done I missed that. well done Canada Cat <laughs> <laughs> agrees yes vocally right get off the shelf you she is being a dickhead tonight. Well, there goes some ornaments. Yeah, I'm not into. I think that was a Marshall it mini. It was a Marshall stack. amp. Yeah, it was an amp. We'll deal with that later. Yes, we'll, we will. We will take a look at that. Um, to be fair, you did call him a dickhead. Mm. <laughs> call her a dickhead most days because she is a dickhead <laughs> most days. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Vettel did only did um, six laps on the uh, on the wet that he started on. So I think um, there was only Gasly that went in before that mm-hmm. didn't need to. Yeah, they'll have got data from Stroll's car and gone, yes, now is the time. Because Stroll did what, um, one lap on his first set of tyres, which he broke, and then two laps on his se- oh, second set of tyres, and then went on to the Inters after mm-hmm. three whole laps. Wow. Yeah, you know, that four-stop strategy really working well for uh, for Aston Martin there. Or stop strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Stroll was meant to be good in the wet. What? What is he, that from? I, that is not data I hold. What a no, I, <laughs> he's, he, he's good at circuits where you don't. He's have good to at a straight line. Very much. Yeah. He's good at and fast I, circuits. Monaco. Monaco is not for him. I think there's yeah there's a difference between like putting a decent a decent fucking showing in somewhere and then going to Monaco, isn't there? <laughs> Yeah, he he likes a, f- a sort of fast, turny, sharp turn circuit, not a sort of slow, creepy, roundy circuit. And he's not good at creeping. No, not with those eyebrows. On the subject of Aston Martin, though, it's still uh, there's still rumours going around that um, Vettel's going to be retiring at the end of the season. Well, he did say you'd have to see how it would go with Aston Martin before he made a decision on his future. We don't know whether that decision on his future is to drive elsewhere or leave Formula One. Uh, I think it might be leave Formula One personally, but um, 
we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Mm. Yeah, because I mean, the, the names the names that have been linked with the seat have been um, Schumacher and Alonso. I don't. I mean, Alonso's already turned them down by all accounts, hasn't he? Stroll and Schumacher is going to be a that's going to be a expensive pairing. Hmm. I suppose if Alonso was to go there, it solves. Uh, it, it would solve the Stroll Schumacher. Yeah, it, it would. Uh, it would solve the Piastri issue that Alpine have got. Mm. Wasn't that an album by Muse? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if um, if Vettel is on his way out, then obviously, if um, if Audi are going to buy Aston Martin, then they're going to want a German driver in there. They might do. They might not. Remember when Mercedes bought Mercedes, um, and they became Team Germany. Mm-hmm. Well, Germany and Germany and a third. Germany and a third. Well, yeah, Germany. And a third. <laughs> okay, yeah. That took me a second. Yes, depends which day of the week it is with yeah. Rosberg. Yeah, absolutely. Germany and a quarter if it's the Italian Grand Prix, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, they were Team Germany. And uh, now, now both their drivers are British. <laughs> I think when it's a new thing, isn't it? You need your sort of your partners to buy in, and that's when all your partners are German. Having your German drivers, I think, gets it going. Whereas now, because they're so successful, they could put any nationality in the car, and their sponsors yeah, so. are all going to be like, "Yeah, it's fine. You do whatever." So I can kind of get why, yeah, Audi coming in new to get people behind them might need a German. You know, because when, when Toro Rosso started, the Red Bull Academy was um, effectively up for a full Amer- of, of of talent. Mm-hmm. Well, well, look at when Hon- <laughs> well, well, no, it wasn't. That was the thing. It was full of American drivers, and the best that they had to put in there was Scott fucking Speed. Well, when they started working with Honda a few years ago, how many Japanese drivers did they have in the Red Bull program? Many, about four or five. Yeah, how many are left? Two. One. No, they've got Iwasa. Two? Iwasa in um, F2 is oh, Red Bull program. Oh, I didn't know he was Red Bull. Oh, I didn't know he was Red Bull program. Yeah, Red, Red Bull seem to... I think they've got, what, um, a quarter, nearly a quarter of the F2 grid? They, they, they have five, yes. Out of 22? Yes. So you look, you're watching F2 and you see a car in a Red Bull livery. And mm-hmm. at least one former one, Mick, uh, not Mick Doohan, his child. Um, Jack Doohan. Yes. Switched from Red Bull to Alpine this year, so they yeah, they they have many many driver. So um, yeah, if um, but if Audi do come in like that and they do want the German lineup, as we as we have discussed before, when Lee comes back in two minutes, um, there will be you know there may be a seat there for Schumacher, or do they just say sod it and just get Hulk in just so there's a quality I feel like Hulk is at least your safer bet at the minute at least you know what you're getting you need an anchor don't you and I get the feeling that the Schumacher Stroll team there is no anchor there is not I mean your chances of podiums will be the same if you've got uh, Hulk or Schumacher in the car yeah but your chance of your chance of a fifth place is probably (laughs) increased I I, I did say anchor Uh uh-huh mm-hmm just like the surname of somebody who used to be on this show. Yes. <laughs> but it's a top secret that we don't talk about that. We don't know where he is. Not like, What's going on now? Oh, that, 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 that was that, genuine typing. That was genuine typing. Somebody somebody was making the predictions for um, for what this podcast is going to be like. 
Well, that's bold while well, we're still bloody recording it. I know. I didn't think I was, I didn't we think could, I was streaming this through Discord. We could stack the deck. We could either give them exactly what they want or go for the opposite and make them look a tit. Well, so so far, the two, the two things that we've covered, um, the two predictions that he's made, um, we didn't go the same way that he thought we were oh, going to. Oh. I'm saying no more. Spoilers. Uh, right, what's next? Right, Alpine. Um, Ocon, finished ninth, got placed 12th. Um, oh, no, sorry, Alfa Romeo. Oh, yeah, don't forget oh, them. Yeah, you put Alfa Romeo. We always, we always seem to leave out one of the A-teams. Because <laughs> there's so bloody many of them. Mm. Um, Bottas in ninth. Um, did, fit, did finish at the rear, but of course we all know about Bottas's rear at the moment. Yes. And Joe in 16th. Um, both fairly unremarkable, really, weren't they? They both... Bo- Bottas did okay. Mm. He gained a couple of uh, places based on his qualifying, I think, didn't he? Yeah, and also a, be- a benefactor of the Ocon penalty. Um, Bottas did okay. Like, does, does Is Grand New Joe like a, an incident magnet? It's it's he's like this guy that we used to work with. He said he'd never been in a traffic jam, but he'd seen thousands behind him. Yeah, he never really seems to be fully involved, does he? But he's usually on the scene when he turns up in a country major event. Oh, hang on a minute! It's Dan Guanyujou. That's why he's not here anymore. <laughs> I haven't actually seen an interview with him since F two. So we've never seen him in the same room at the same time. <laughs> this is this is true, actually. Yes. Yeah, right, Lee. I don't know if you missed, if you caught that or not, but um, our new conspiracy theory. Oh, do t- see why did I disappear? That's a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe Lee is also Guan Yu Zhou. Oh Christ. So, Guan Yu Zhou always seems to be around a lot of incidents, but never directly involved. Turns up in a country and things happen. Dan. Similar. Never seen him in the same room at the same time. I think they're different people, but what if they're... Uh, <laughs> the, what, what if they're different... What There's if just a agents? real sincerity about your... Well, I think they're different people. But what, but what if they are agents for... Part of the uh, same programme. Yeah, but but for their respective countries. Oh, maybe if they're not the same person, it, which whichever way like the ball lands, there's some good makeup going on there, one way or another. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying Dan works for MI5 or MI6, but what I am saying is that Guan Yuzhou may possibly work for the Chinese equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's, maybe he's on an exchange program and. Doesn't work for MI five or six, honest. Maybe, <laughs> um, but you, you can't really say a lot about Alfa Romeo because, I mean, yeah, the there wasn't you know they weren't involved at the front. Uh, Bottas certainly got stuck behind uh, the Alonso non-express. Joe nearly had a massive accident and then didn't. 
He was quite excited about the save, wasn't he? He was very pleased with himself. He did mention yeah. that he needed new pants. <laughs> oh, it's his birthday today. Oh. Oh. Well, happy birthday, Guan Yu, Joe. We'll start calling him Joe Guan Yu because it's his birthday because that's how you, meant, how you meant to say it. It is. That is true. Yeah. Family name followed mm. by actual name. Mm. To be fair, somebody should have pointed this out about two years ago, really. This is the problem. We've got into bad habit and it's, it's mm. hard to break. Um, move on to Alpine next. Um, oh, Our plan is not working. No, it's um, it's L tricky. Um, so yeah, Ocon finished in uh, crossed the line in ninth, and after I I didn't think at first that um, him battling with Lewis was too bad and then I saw the state of Lewis's front wing and it's like oh he did give him a hell of a clout he did make a mess I don't really know where else he was second incident yeah there was meant to be a sort of second coming together wasn't it I don't really know where else Ocon was meant to go with the way that yeah Hamilton wasn't alongside was he no I think he was banking on Ocon breaking and I think we know that's not really Ocon's style could uh, w- would that damage that was done would that not have been something to do with um, Magnuson? Was it Mag? No. Oh, sorry. No. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting completely confused. Sorry. Yeah. It was Ocon. Sorry. Carry on. Are you blending last week's race into yeah, this week's yeah, race? <laughs> um, I think that was. I think it was 100% Hamilton's fault. 100% Hamilton's fault. I think the fact that Ocon got a penalty for it is ridiculous. Yeah, the first one we don't, we didn't see the second one. That's the problem. The first one there was there was spoiler no alert for later on. The TV director is going in the wankers column. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the front wing tapping tapping uh, Ocon's wheel and then getting on the radio to be like, oh, he moved. He turned into me. It's just like, well, it's Monaco. Uh, his other option is to hit the barrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he stuck um, he stuck his car. He stuck like ten centimeters of his car uh, in front of half of Ocon's wheel. And expected racing room for that much car. It was no, he wasn't alongside. But we didn't see what the second stupid. incident was in which Hamilton proclaimed that Ocon had forced him into the wall. So we don't know if the damage was because they touched or if because Hamilton ran out of room and had to touch a wall. Mm. Um, but the, but Hamilton changed. I mean, we're not talking about Mercedes. We're nowhere near doing that yet. Hamilton managed to change his wing in during the red flag. Uh, Ocon got that five second penalty. Um, which did seem a bit harsh, I've got to be honest, but neither he nor Alonso nor the team seemed to do anything about it. I have a theory about that, and I thought at the time, I don't know whether, I I, I mean, nothing has been said about it, so maybe it might be completely wrong, but when it was going on, I felt that Alonso was backing up, hoping that if Ocon could take Hamilton... And then uh, Alonso would have allowed Ocon through, and then carried on doing what he was doing. That's what that's what I thought. L plan was there. Maybe if it was L plan, did not work. It no. did not work. No, Alonso was Alonso slow by four seconds a lap. Yeah, I mean when um, when Lando made his last pit stop. There was 30 seconds between them. Mm-hmm. By the end of the race, Alonso didn't stop again. Um, there was 34 seconds between them. And mm. what is it, about 20 seconds? About 20, about 20 seconds for a pit stop. So Alonso lost 
45 seconds plus. Mm. So it was Let about, me tell you this. It's about, about a 10 second gap when, uh, mm. when Lando came out. If you weren't looking on social media, Team LH took this well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find anything you want to on, on social media. It's very find true. It. I was finding it hard to, hard to fucking escape it. Maybe you need to change who you follow on social media, Lee. Or, or ch- change your search query. I didn't search it. Fuck. Oh, it it came to a... you, did it? Uh, yeah, I, I get tagged in enough stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's, it seems to be a new thing of people tagging me in, uh, like, Lewis Hamilton fans being toxic posts. Twitter, you know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't not enjoy it. Won't lie. In that case, Twitter, you know what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a strange tactic to try and make the, try and make the tires last. Did did they not have any hard tires left when Alonso came in for that stop? So they went they went with the mediums and then decided, oh let's. No, did, wait, did, well, did they went they went onto the mediums and then there was a the red flag, wasn't there? I think he put the mediums on after the red flag. I can't remember. I suppose what you've got got is you've got. Um, oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he was on mediums. He was looking after them. My apologies. Yeah, he had Alonso, which couldn't do any better than where he was. You know, that wasn't that there. There wasn't anything else in that car. It was it. What it, he couldn't do anything about who was who was in front of him. So he was just doing driving his own race, making sure he had tires, and. Uh, Unfortunately for Mr. Hamilton, that involved him not being able to go anywhere. Mm. I, I, I think it's it's just as simple as that. Alonso wasn't going to get anything else. So why, if if you can't fight who's ahead of you, why push? Yeah, it's a part of not the problem as such, but the problem well, that I have with Monaco at the moment in the. That's all you got to do is just. It doesn't matter if the car in front is super mm-hmm. slow. Much like Danny Ricardo, did he lose his MGU H a few years ago and ended up winning the race because mm-hmm. he was just able to keep everyone behind him? Yeah. Like you know, that's to me. It's if DRS is fake racing, so is that making yeah, your car making your car big, making your car big enough so that no one can get past. Mm-hmm. Uh, my car is the same width as the circuit. Uh, okay. said every Formula E driver ever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, oh, but Formula E raced on that same circuit, didn't it? With, yeah. na- with narrower cars, so there was better racing. Mm. So what was their fastest lap time in comparison to the wet F1 race? We uh, we don't know the wet F- F1 race, but we worked this out ages ago when they first went there, and the... Formula E cars in the dry were lapping the same as like 1960s Formula One cars. Oh shit! Yeah, it was. Oh, it, I, yeah, that was. It was a, a long time ago. We we worked that out, and yeah, it was. There's a reason why they found it easier to overtake because they're going slower. Yeah, I mean, you can you can overtake somebody when they're walking a lot easier than you can than if they're doing 200 mile an hour. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, look, Gasly overtook some people. You know, it's it's not mm-hmm. like overtaken around uh, around Monaco. Is oh like, no, it's it's not impossible. Impossible, but, yeah. No, but if 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 you get past it, the the, the risk is extremely is mm. extremely high. Right, fastest lap in the E Prix this year was Robin Freins, uh with a one thirty two seven. 
That's slow. Mm-hmm. It's and probably that, not 60s slow, but it's no. slow. No, that's that's the new gen cars, though, isn't it? Yeah. But when we when we worked out, we were looking at last gen cars. Yeah. Still bloody slow. Oh yeah, it's still slow. It's still, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I mean, I've I've no idea where Formula Formula E goes. To be perfectly honest, I don't. Oh, there's yeah. uh, there's a list here. They've just been uh, um, Berlin's old airport. They're going to Jakarta next. Then Marrakech. I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I quite I quite liked the idea of Formula E when it first started. But does anybody else feel the same as me that it's it's just sort of I don't know. It's don't very samey, it is. isn't it? It gets very samey. It's I, like it's it's like that really nice guy that you know. that's just got nothing about him. <laughs> like this guy's really nice. Yep. <laughs> I think I, I think it being the resting place for um, Formula One test drivers as well isn't. That is exactly it. what the lineup is, isn't it? Really, it's people yeah. who just aren't quite good enough for F one. Yeah, and that's that's worse than it being the. Uh, like the rest in place for old Formula One drivers. At least if it was like ex Formula One drivers going there after they fell out of Formula One, it would have that sort of nineties WCW appeal where you had like Hulk Hogan and stuff still res- <laughs> uh, wrestling after the left WWF. But the 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 whole thing of these these guys that I mean, realistically, not even just they weren't good enough to make Formula One. Some of them were never going to make Formula One, but they were good enough to sit in a sim for a team for a while. Sergio Setti Camera. Um, what what's his name? The oh, who what am I thinking? He was he, Williams Young Driver Academy, British guy. Sam Bird. No, but he did this. He did that job for Mercedes. Oliver Turvey. Um, yes. No. It was oh no, not Oliver Turvey. Oliver Rowland. Um, Oliver Rowland. Yes. There's quite a few Olivers. Yeah. There was an Alex as well, wasn't there? Al- who was uh, he? Alex Lynn. That's him. Alex Lynn. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Jordan King. There's another mm-hmm. one. Alexander yeah. Sim. Um, uh, uh, Anthony Davidson narrowly managed to escape it by being successful. <laughs> and, know, and, and of course, it is the current home of Dick Tantrum. Is, is Dick Tantrum in Formula E now? Is he? I, I've literally, I'm fucking so far away from even being bothered to watch it i don't i don't know who the new guys are yeah was that what he was doing when he parked his car on the course to get some sushi yes Uh uh-huh that's incredible see that's why we needed him in formula one (laughs) it got towed (laughs) it was a ferrari and it got towed because he parked outside the sushi place incredible everyone says we need drivers with character and then people complain when a driver with character comes along (laughs) oh he's got character he's just a liability (laughs) <laughs> on the on the track, you know you can you can have character and not white people out for fun. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's possible. <laughs> Eddie Irvine? No, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll, I'll 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 come back to you on this. I will. I will find one. <laughs> um, yeah, we've um, we've gone we've gone off our own L plan because there wasn't one. No, well, there's a kind of one, but. It's loosely followed. Loose out plan. It was as interesting as porridge. And I mean the serial, not the TV series. I quite like porridge, though. 
You got to you got to add everything to it, haven't you? you, know, you... Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what Formula E just needs drivers added to it. <laughs> it's like someone's gives someone porridge but hasn't put sugar or syrup on top of it. I mean, for some for someone that uses wallpaper paste professionally, do you want to eat it for breakfast as well? Well, yeah, I suppose so. Porridge doesn't kill cats, though. Wallpaper paste one hundred percent murks cats. If you wallpaper in your house, this is a public service announcement. Fucking take the paste somewhere else. Doesn't take a lot of paste to kill a cat. Good I know, know this from personal experience. Not my own cat. Customer's cat. Their fault. I said, don't let your cats in the room. Uh-huh. Not happy customer, I'm assuming, then. Mm. Hey, well, it was, it was their fault. They knew it was their fault. She was a vet as well, so that cat oh, got the Jesus. best of the best Come treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. McLaren. Um, right. We'll do Lando first because still coming back from still coming back from one hell hell of a nasty bout of tonsillitis as it turns out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I feel bad as well because at first when it was hay fever, I, I was I sort of mocked the Formula <laughs> One fans for going. I think, come on, I think it, you it, it said he's got hay fever, not AIDS. No, you no, called you called it ultra AIDS. Okay, I did. (laughs) (laughs) He was incredibly ill. Uh, It was the medication that made him ill Mm. at the last race. Apparently he threw threw up in his helmet in Spain. Yeah, yeah. Um, That was the medication that made that happen, not the actual illness. And the um, did did anybody see, which uh, this was only unveiled, uh, I think, after um, we recorded last week's podcast. I'm I'm hoping not his helmet. No, 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 no. The uh, the um, the conversation between Will Joseph and Lando Norris post Spain after he finished like eighth or something, just like Will Joseph was like, "Well done, Lando. That's P eight. Lando just didn't respond. So, can you just press the button on the steering wheel to let me know you're okay? And Lando just pressed the confirm button, and that was it. He didn't say a single thing. Jesus, so that that's yeah. some illness. Jesus, and yeah. Anybody who's had a bad bout of tonsillitis, I mean, touch wood, it's been some years since I've had mm. uh, had it that bad, but it takes it out of you for a few weeks. So for Lando to do as well as he did, fair play to him. It's not yeah. quite the podium he got last year, mm. but, you know. Yeah, can, can, I, can, I, can I just cool. ask on that subject, why is it when you go to the doctors with anything wrong with your throat, the tablets they give you are big enough to fit inside a horse? <laughs> Like I've, so I've you got... can scrape it away? I have no idea. <laughs> it's not how tablets work. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've got a really bad throat. Right, take three Frisbees a day. <laughs> Don't crush them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, swallow them whole. Strictly no water. And they're always like the chalky ones, not the ones that are in sort of like the smooth coating capsule type mm. of thing. It is always a sort of chalky yeah. thing. It completely coats your throat and you find yourself sort of coughing and hacking for days afterwards mm-hmm. with a dry mouth. I always think those ones with the crispy coating are, are really weird because if you actually hold them in your mouth for a little bit, they're sweet like um, Smarties. Mm. And I always think to myself, for tablets that you're trying not to make kids eat, <laughs> covering them in like sugar seems like a misstep. Mm. Yeah, that's, that literally is a sugar-coated pill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Alanis Morissette when she's in a good mood. When was that? Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> right, Danny Rick. Oh, boy. It's getting harder and harder for Danny, isn't mm. it? It's getting um, harder and harder to stand up for him. Have you um, heard the 
like interviews like talking around contracts because that's all very interesting now people aren't, aren't really concealing stuff we had uh zach brown saying that he wasn't like happy with how the relationship had gone mm-hmm. and then he said something along the lines of there are mechanisms in which we can be uh connected with each other and unconnected with each other mm. as there will be in any contract but to be yeah. speaking about it openly is not a good sign zach brown was at indie this weekend. yeah he was mm. now the the room is currently doing the rounds I mean, there's the obvious ones about um, doing a swap with either Patoa Ward or even Felix Rosenquist, because Rosenquist mm-hmm. doesn't have a deal in Indy for next season. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is slightly more out there, and now we know isn't going to be happening this season, but maybe in the future, is leaving McLaren and moving to Team Pitbull in NASCAR. Mm, now, Danny Rick, Danny Rick is a massive NASCAR fan and especially Dale Earnhardt Jr. And the team that Pitbull has aligned this number 91 car with, with the celebrity drivers, which is why Kimmy's racing in the... Mm-hmm. I think it's called the Go Bowling at the Glen 200. Fantastic. Mm. Great name. Of course, yeah. Because, um, yeah, we get to see Kimmy drive a NASCAR and turn both ways this time. Um, that is linked with Dale Earnhardt's team from obviously back when Dale Earnhardt was still alive and racing. And of course, we know that Danny Rick chose the number three in tribute to his favourite driver of all time as well. So people people are putting two and two together, but yeah, there might be a bit of credibility to that one. I, I don't think he's going to go to NASCAR. No, I'd be um, surprised. Yeah. Um, he did say, uh, like Daniel Ricciardo spoke about his contract now as well. Um, because it does, it seems to be, if you read between the lines, that the the get out clause is on Daniel Ricciardo's side, and um, it it would make sense that because you know it's even though it the, the Renault didn't particularly work out, but it was always kind of the feeling that it didn't work out more because of Renault and less because of Ricciardo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was still going to McLaren with that reputation. You know, it's, we, I think we all we were all a little bit worried for Lando, weren't we? With as far as like getting just put away by the new coming McLaren driver. Yep. Um, but he turned around and said that he has a he has a cast iron contract for next year, but he doesn't want to be seven, he doesn't want to be fourteenth anymore. And that was what what he said when asked. About uh, about his new contract, he also said when someone said, "Are you upset about people talking about your career?" and he said, "If you don't know that, if, if you don't know this about me, I have tanned, beautiful, and very thick skin," which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I think he's, I think he'll replace um, Guan Yu Zhou, possible, or Sebastian Vettel, or Vettel. Vettel is a shout. Maybe I, I think the. If you when you look at Bottas from what he was going to from at Mercedes, mm-hmm. um, uh, if I was Daniel Ricciardo and I looked at how whatever the the core is inside that team has essentially immediately nursed Bottas back to health, um, I would be thinking I would like a little bit of that secret sauce. Thanks very much. Mm. Yeah, I mean that is. That's not beyond the realms of possibility. No. With having a, a cast iron contract for next year, so he says as well, as we know from Ferrari when they signed Alonso, 
you don't necessarily just because your your driver has a contract. If you pay them, you don't have to put them in the car. Mm. As long as you're upholding that whatever you're meant to be paying them, it's it's fine. What was it? Kimmy got thirteen million not to drive a Ferrari. Kimmy was like the highest paid driver on the grid that year, even mm. though he wasn't on the grid. Um, the other hot Ricardo rumour doing the rounds is that apparently he had a row with Zach Brown this weekend, which culminated in him telling Zach Brown to eat a salad. Oh, I heard that, and apparently, apparently it's like from because I, I read that thing on the on social media, but I read that as because it was just someone saying that Ricardo was was heard telling Zach Brown to eat a salad. <laughs> but that kind of sounds like Daniel Ricardo being funny, Daniel Ricardo. Oh, it does. Yeah, but like, I like a bit it. Like Jensen Button telling Fernando Alonso he was going to pee in his seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good old Monaco bants. Just moving away from F1 for a minute because we've been uh, talking a little bit about McLaren's IndyCar. And I've just got to say, Marcus Ericsson, Indy 500 winner. Yes. Well done to Marcus Ericsson. It was a, fa- it was a fantastic it. drive. Mm-hmm. We've never had it in for the guy in the slightest in the past. We've always <laughs> no. believed in him. Do you know what makes... F1's lost world champion. Mm-hmm. Someone pointed this out to me on Twitter last night, and this this makes it really strange. But now, two drivers that drove the 2014 Caterham have won a race in the Triple Crown. <laughs> so when are we going to yeah. see either Will Steams or Andre Lotterer win Monaco? Oof. Mm, it's not Never. Happen, is it? No. Um, but I bet Alonso wishes he'd done a stint now. <laughs> no, this makes Marcus Ericsson better than Alonso. He's got he's got the one Alonso hasn't. No, he's, got the, well, he's got the Indy five hundred. But Alonso has the two he doesn't. Yeah, between yeah, them, Ericsson's got the one that he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Can he not just like chop Eric's head off and take it like the quickening? <laughs> you know, I mean, you could always go to the Indy Trophy and just sort of remove Ericsson's face from it and put his own on it. Because yeah. that, if you've not seen, the, not seen the Indy 500 Trophy, it gets, gets um, a sculpture of the winner's face attached to it every year. That must be fucking Weird. horrendous. That, that, look, that looks like something from fucking Hellraiser. Some of them are quite haunting. That's weird. Yeah, oh, just, it's like, just, yeah, you've won Indy, but we've kept your soul. Yeah, just Google the Borg Warner trophy. I mean, you I get as, you get assimilated onto it. One for the Star Trek Borg fans. Warner is a gearbox. That'll do. Not, <laughs> nothing more. <laughs> but yeah, fantastic drive from Ericsson last night, especially after the um, especially after the red flag when he did the um, two lap shootout. Given that Alonso didn't even qualify last time he tried an Indy 500. It was all Bob uh, Fernley's fault, apparently. It wasn't. <laughs> Bob Fernley wasn't what, driving that car. What I would like somebody uh, with like good Photoshop skills to do, I, d- I, don't, I don't want someone doing this on the phone. I want them to do a proper job for me. Otherwise, I'll be upset. Um, I want somebody to take a really good picture of that trophy and re- re- replace the chrome covering with like a wet skin texture <laughs> you mean put foundation on the on the board no the no 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 that's what like, you're like, asking no like muscle you know when you see like the walls of hell <laughs> no bearing, bearing <laughs> in mind no, bearing in mind normal people and um, I'm talking about the other look, three of us w- on this podcast that aren't you don't watch the same <laughs> things that you do I want it to look like it's made of like human skin 
the like the but like human muscles, so it's like the trophy from hell. You want to see the and picture then, that Sean's just the, sent to the group? It's got all these heads popping through it. That would be fucking hilarious. You want to see the picture that Sean's just sent to the group? Yeah, yeah, that works. It, the, the skin-coloured one at the end is particularly worrying. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, three of those look like the Joker. They are all that, Simon Paginot. I was going to say, they're all Paginot. They are have all you ever seen the, Have you ever heard the story about the, the Smiling Man? It's like a, a, a half half conspiracy theory, but there's not a, there's not really a conspiracy around it, so it's not really, but it's in, it's in the realms of the paranormal. Or is there's it? A, there's a face... <laughs> called the smiling man and it's there's something like there's a 40 percent of people if you ask if you show them this picture have seen this same face in dreams <laughs> so it's half the thing is is like is it some some sort of thing like a shared group experience or is it just the fact that that face you know how we make um we make faces in our dreams up from different people that we see all around, just smush them all together. That that's like a a good common all rounder that people see. That's what that fucking looks like. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is Simon Pagino looks bang average. <coughs> he looks bang average and he's been in about forty percent of people's dreams. One hundred percent of the time. All the time. <laughs> so, uh, Mercedes then. <laughs> um, another top five finish for George Russell. Yeah. Um, did he, did he, made, he made one one space up from qualifying, didn't he, I think? Qualified sixth, finished fifth. That sounds about right. I'm not actually on the right page anymore. There's a lot yeah, of Yeah, I think, I think he, he managed to jump Lando. But yeah, that was... Uh, that was... <laughs> so I've just seen the conjoined twins. <laughs> so I believe it was a joint win. I am joking about the... There is, there is on one bit of the Indy 500 trophy, there appears to be one year where two drivers won. So they've, they've just kind of or put their heads... Or a man with two heads. They've just put their heads far too close together that they do look like one being. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, we are destroying Lee. Solid race, solid race for uh, for George Russell. Yeah, um, qualified sixth, over, overtook Lando. Oh, got got past Lando. It was, at it was some good strategy, point. wasn't it? It was. Um, did it, was he one of the ones that went straight from wet to slick? I am just about to bring those details up. Uh, yeah, it went from the wets to the hards and then mediums from the uh, from, from the, the flag. red flag, which. He didn't seem to have a problem with uh, being four seconds off the pace and keeping those mediums alive. Well, because he was ahead of everyone. <laughs> so it was a lot. He was not stuck in the tray. I think he had, yeah, he had more of a race with Lando, didn't he, I think? He was in pretty, he was in fairly clear air, was he? First few laps, I think he hung on to the Ferrari Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Um foursome and then he um dropped off a little bit and was just running in clean air so he didn't really have he didn't have anything to worry about i think george probably had a very lonely second half of the race because mm. ferraris and red bulls disappeared in front of him lando was close behind him pitted and then caught him and i think finished like two tenths behind him or something like that it's just like so for, until the last lap george had a pretty lonely second part of that race 
I think, and I think that's where Mercedes are at the minute. Just not at the front, not in the middle, mm-hmm. just in their own. Um, I mean, Hamilton, on the other hand, did get caught up in the train. Yes. And wasn't best pleased by it. <laughs> I mean, no one's ever pleased to get caught up in the train, are they? But again, Monaco. Yeah, it's what happens. <laughs> and there's the Patreon callback this week. <laughs> yeah, for anyone listening to this first, we have done a Patreon show. Um, I to this first. I have no <laughs> idea. Some people are weird. And then there's the other three of us on the podcast. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, Lewis, not a great qualifying. Um, started eighth, finished eighth. Didn't really have a great deal of his team radio because I'm guessing it was mostly I'm bored. I've got no got no rear end. I'm bored. We did hear him complaining about something, and I can't remember what it was. He said blue flags like a million times, didn't it he? It wasn't that I was thinking of, but I can't remember what it was now. Uh, we'll get we'll get to, we'll get to the blue flags in a bit because they um they they did cause issues at the front. On a side note, I think we can now hear a little bit of Primal Screams bass. Hmm. Well, I can't hear that on the. Uh, uh, it's not. Is it not picking up? Uh, no, I've, I've not liked Primal Screams bass since Manny left and rejoined the Stone Roses. Oh, I can hear Primal Scream actually from here, and uh-huh. I'm, I'm far away. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just like we're at the same gig, like we will be next uh, next Tuesday. Yeah, we will be next Tuesday. Yeah, that's a good point. Seeing as uh, my band supporting your band. Nah, we'll we'll go on first. It means we do last songs. <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, that might be awkward because we've got like fifty-five minutes maximum. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, late night for me. Then thank God I'm off work on Wednesday. Um, right, should we do the the top four, top two teams all all at the same time? Because it was all very. Um, it was a mishmash, wasn't it? All very intermingled. I mean, not st- really. It's Ferrari, Ferrari themselves, and Red Bull did a better job. I mean, what the whole thing with telling Leclerc to uh, to box and then telling him not to just after he'd committed. This smacks off the two sides of the garage not talking to each other because if they if the Leclerc lot had known signs was coming in, you would surely have left Leclerc out for another lap. Yeah, yeah. He also had to wait, didn't he? It wasn't yeah. like a double stack, like a clean that, double stack. He that had to presumably wait for, is for signs why, to leave. That I assume is why the Leclerc team called him in and then have gone, "Oh shit, Signs' guys are in the pit lane. What the fuck's this?" So have then had to tell Leclerc no stay out. At which point he's in. Yeah, and uh, there were also issues with him getting caught up behind. Um, I think it was Latifi and Sonoda without blue flags coming out or without the lapped cars actually finding a space to um, let him through behind the blue flags. I think mm. that, was, it, was it during qualifying or during the race when somebody, one of, one of the marshals threw a flag and it was basically in the cockpit of the driver that he was trying to flag? <laughs> <laughs> it was so Vigorous, close. was it? <laughs> I mean, sometimes you've got, to, you've got to get your attention, haven't you? But yeah, that feels a little bit intrusive. I Wouldn't think it, be- it was qualifying because somebody was on a was on a hot lap and there was a slow moving car in front trying to get some space to you know start their lap, so they threw the white flag. But <laughs> the white flag basically it was in front of the driver's helmet, and I was like, Jesus Christ, that was inside the halo. <laughs> well, he'd definitely seen it. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, he saw it, definitely. Yeah, but there, was no, there was no not seeing that. Wouldn't it be great if uh, if he was an amateur, amateur magician and he, he did that and all of a sudden the driver disappeared? <laughs> <laughs> Shit! I came out of the corner with a rabbit sat on top of his head. We've got so much explaining to do. Isn't that the trick that Lance Stroll has been playing for the last five years? Gets in the car and suddenly the driver disappeared. <laughs> Well, well that, was, that was Salba, wasn't it? <laughs> Salba would just disappear during races. But yeah, Ferrari, their strategy is really working for him well again this year, isn't it? Well, it worked fine for Sainz. Yeah, it, it got him a second, although that's... No, no it didn't. Sainz's strategy worked well for Sainz after he fucking... But right, told them he wasn't coming in because they they tried mm. to fucking sabotage science. Oh yeah, yeah, no, science science worked well for science. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna yeah, but... it's gonna be another of those um, Ferrari debriefs. Uh-huh. You know, um, someone's gonna get blamed this time. Heads are probably gonna roll. There's gonna be changes. We'll we'll come back stronger. Yeah, we've heard this every bloody cock up. Perez did a better job. Um, on the Saturday and on the Sunday, deserved to win. Max was not really on it at any point during the weekend. I don't no. know. I know no, Perez was Perez was the better driver of the two. Yeah, absolutely, and a deserved winner as well. By far the the the, the quicker driver of the uh, of the Red Bulls on the Friday and the Saturday, and also the Sunday. So, given what happened to him in Spain as well. Um, that was just a bit of a, you know, a bit of a of a, of a of a of a sweet moment, I think, for Sergio Perez. Take this with as much uh, salt that wouldn't dehydrate you to the point of death. But um, Christian Horner has said that um, Sergio Perez is just as much in this championship as uh, Max Verstappen. He's only he's only what eighteen points mm-hmm. behind or Fif- something. Fifteen. Yeah, it only takes a DNF or two and. If he won that, if he if he was allowed to win that race that he had to give to Max the other week, mm. uh, they'd, they'd be equal on points now. Uh, well, close to it, yeah. But yeah, the um, yeah. So so if if for any reason in the next race or two Max Verstappen cannot finish and Perez scores a truckload of points, he's ahead of Max in the championship. Mm-hmm. But did Horner mean yes? Perez is in the championship, meaning the constructors' championship, because the need is points. No, they were talking about the drivers' <laughs> championship. But the uh, I, I I don't a hundred percent believe the uh, Mister Horner because he was speaking. <laughs> <laughs> the most honest thing he said all weekend was there was one bit where I think he was on the the pit wall with Sky, and I think Crofty asked him something about have your drivers been complaining about the car. And he very quickly said, no, they're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Which I think is possibly the most honest thing he's ever said. Did anyone see uh, him push Craig Slater into the pool? Yes, so staged. Yeah, it was so staged. But there was a thing where, like, there was that look on Christian Honor's face where when he pushed him in the pool, he was so serious. You could see he really enjoyed doing that. And not just for the laughs. He enjoyed pushing Craig Slater into that. Into Who that wouldn't? Pool. I was going to say. I, 
I wouldn't anyone? 100% stand with Horner. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to get revenge on Craig Slater for elbowing me in the ribs. Push him in a pool. Yes. Yeah, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a pool, though. It was in a garage at Silverstone. Um, so, yeah, I mean, is there anything more we can say about the about the top four? Ferrari screwed Leclerc. Science rescued himself from Ferrari. Mm. Um, Max seemed angry all weekend. Did he? I don't know I don't if he know did. He seemed angry. Yeah, he um, just was a bit... If anything, a bit passive. Yeah, just like not enough. You know what I mean? A bit, a bit frustrated that it wasn't what anything he he tried just wasn't enough. Yeah, I think I, I think it's gonna it's one of those situations where, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Perez, I, I like him. I think he's a perfectly fine driver. But it, there is definitely a a hint of not not even Massa Alonso, more Schumacher Barrichello about this. Where, yeah. Uh, we're going to get those dry, those races now and again, where uh, Perez has the sp- has the speed on Max, but I mean Monaco is a fucking outlier, isn't it? You know, it's it's such an oddity on the track that you can't really you can't really assign form to it. And um, if 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 he has this pace on Max for like three races out of twenty three races. I don't think Max is going to be particularly upset about it. In fact, I think it's the um, it's the sign of somebody that understands how to manage a, how to manage a team around you. That Max was so happy for Perez for winning. You know, it's the because it, 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 it's the, in the same way as you look at, but Barrichello and Massa should have fucking hated Michael Schumacher, and they both gush over him. And they always have done, you know. They've, they're, Eddie Irvine is exact, exactly the same. Eddie Irvine always waxes lyrical, lyrical about Michael Schumacher. True. So e- even when they're in a position where they're not allowed to beat you, you've Stockholm syndromed them into essentially being dutiful lap dogs. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, don't forget now, Checo's with Red Bull, so he's had um, all trace of independent thought removed. Yeah, yeah, but but that, I think it's it's a good. The cuddle when the when your number two driver wins a race is a very important skill to learn. <laughs> um, one thing one thing that did get picked up um, post race was Perez talking to Horner, and apparently he said, "Looks like I uh, resigned too soon." Yeah, oh. he's got a contract for next year, hasn't he? He thinks he wants more <clears throat> money. Yeah, there's uh, there's a rumor of uh, three years. Although that is on Reddit. Take that how you will. I, I, I can I could believe a two year contract with a with a with a third year as an option. Seems about right. I think mm. it would be the the job he's doing. It would be um, unfair to just give him a year because he's been the only driver Red Bull have stuck in that car, which hasn't fell to bits next to Max Verstappen. I suppose, yeah, you would assume if they're if they're thinking about a replacement, it, it's probably not going to be Gasly because they tried that and it didn't work. Sonoda mm-hmm. is not ready. So whoever it is, is probably in F2 now. Mm-hmm. So they would want them to have at least a year with AlphaTauri before moving them up. So, yeah, two two years for Perez sounds about right because 
you would then know if you've got the replacement or not. Don't forget as well, like that we haven't seen um, we haven't seen Red Bull in a position where they have a good car, like a, a really good car, since Vettel and mm-hmm. Weber. And you know that Vettel and Weber partnership was pretty stable. You know that was that was a stable partnership for multiple years, to the point where you like you, all you'd need to do is think of Mark Webber and you instantly think of Red Bull. You know he is synonymous with that team now. Um, so I don't I don't see why they wouldn't do that again. They've got a good car. They know they're they're fighting for championships now. So. It's not worth their while sticking new drivers into it, into this into the second car. They're not they they they're not in the experimental phase. They're in the lockdowns phase where we'll we need to try and score as many points as possible. Yeah, I mean it it, it would make perfect sense. I mean Perez is getting a hell of a lot out of the mm-hmm. car, and he's he's actually showing you know he's, he's showing what he can do with the top team. You yeah. never know how things play out though in the driver market, do you? I mean. Verstappen could go somewhere else. Perez could dip. You always Verstappen's dip. there for a while. Though, oh, I would he? think he's... so. But you never know. He's contracted till the end of is it the end of twenty twenty eight? Something somewhere. crazy, yeah. like that. something something ridiculous. By which time he'll oh. still be in his twenties. <laughs> yeah, obviously there's there's clauses in that. But yeah. thirty one is nothing by the time he that this contract is up, which yeah. is fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I do I do believe because um, don't forget. Max had the opportunity to leave Red Bull when it wasn't looking good mm-hmm. and Mercedes was dominating the world. And he chose to stay. He chose to stay with Red Bull. Um, and he, he even was, was saying in interviews, you know, that he feels it's, it's more important for him to feel at home with a team mm-hmm. than just go chasing the fastest car to be in. Um, and I, I, of, of all the drivers saying that, I, I, I believe him when he says it, you know, um, so I, I just don't see, unless something awful goes on with that car, I just don't see him going anywhere for a long time. No, I think if I think if they if they end up building a shed, mm-hmm. then that's when it might be. But the rumours come out about everyone leaving as soon as the car becomes sheddy. <laughs> you know how um, how many times was Alonso leaving McLaren when it was the GP two engine? Exactly. <laughs> I I think the other one. Uh, the other thing to look at with this is the the Red Bull meat grinder hasn't had much use for an awful long time now. No, they're grinding them at AlphaTauri, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But this is the this is the thing that the Red Bull meat grinder was fully in like really, really good working order when it was um when it was Vettel and Weber because there was no re- <laughs> there was nowhere for them to move to. I think the Red Bull, sorry, the Alpha Tauri might become the poison chalice of Formula One again now. Because, yeah, they had this cycle, didn't they, when when Vettel was champion? I think possibly mm-hmm. that's it. They get they get the product that comes through their system and becomes champion, and it stops everyone that's behind them. Which, I mean, it mm-hmm. kind of proves the system works if someone can come through and become champion in that program. But yeah, it does kind of make the point of well, what you're going to do with all these kids. Yeah, cause, I mean, you, you look at what the um, what the Red Bull Junior program currently is. So you got um, Vips, Hauger, Lawson, Deruvela, uh, Iwasu, all in F2. Mm-hmm. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yuri, Yuri Vips. 
not being rude, he must be getting on now for an F2 driver to come into F1 he- by modern standards because Yuri Vips is a driver I can remember talking mm. about four or five years ago. So he, he got... Yeah, he got fucked by COVID because he, when he did quite well in F3, rather than going to F2, he decided to go and do Super Formula in Japan the year that everything closed down. So he wasn't able to go to Japan because he had the wrong passports. So I think he ended up in something like Formula Regional Europe or one of the, like, a few tiers below F3 series. So he essentially lost a year at what should have been his year to get into F1. Yeah, he did a split season between Formula Regional European Championship and then managed to get an F2 drive with Dams towards the end of the season. Mm. Yeah, oh well. (laughs) He did did an FP1, didn't he? Um, Was it in Spain he did FP1? Yeah, it was one of the the two that they have to get a young driver in. Yeah, it's a shame for him. With Alfa Tauri or with Red Bull? With Alfa Tauri, I think... Um, I'll tell you in a second. Uh, with Red Bull. Oh, with Red Bull. Okay. No, he, no he was in. Uh, he was in Checo's car. Ah. But yeah, it's a shame for him because I think coming out of F three, he looked quite good, but it, it's just not quite landed for him for for various reasons since, which is a shame for him. He he possibly could have been instead of Sonoda. Hmm. But the the rest of the um, the rest of the Red Bull Young program, I think they are all disposable. Liam Lawson, it's a shame that he probably won't get the opportunity because I do think he is good. He is amazing mm. in the wet. I I, I think it's same about your who was your ex Ferrari guy as well, the English guy, Callum Eilat. Yeah, I think I think he's a, he's he deserved his shot in Formula One yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would wrecked agree with at the Indy five hundred yesterday. As did Grosjean, of course. But Ericsson didn't hit him. No, nope, found the wall all by himself, <laughs> like he did in Baku that year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, Ericsson. <laughs> yeah, but that, but that one wasn't under a safety car yesterday. Baku, no. on the other hand, it wasn't even Ericsson that was behind him. It was fucking Leclerc, and he didn't touch him. <laughs> 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 it was the other Sauber. <laughs> Right, usual rock stars and wankers. Um, Perez, rock star. Yeah. Yes. Um, Red Bull in general, rock stars. I think just for their performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Race stewards. Uh, not not being able to and not getting the the show moving. When oh, is that on the wanker? Done. That's in the wankers. I, th- I think that's. Yeah. I think it's down to the the race organisers in general, rather than, rather than the stewards. Oh yeah, I just no, want... I've got I've got another bone to pick with the stewards. Well, sorry, <laughs> carry on. Actually, I just want to say these, the um, Ferrari protest and the whole bloody cut and paste thing. Ferrari, yeah, that was a bit silly. Ferrari yeah. putting in two protests about both Red Bull cars, and then after accidentally being... forgetting to change the the, the details. Yeah, Amazing. but after after being shown footage of Perez not going on the line, having to withdraw it because like, they admitted, "Oh yes, he didn't." They were one hundred percent trying to uh, deflect from their own fuckery, weren't they? Oh, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, they, they were trying to pull a complete fucking Boris. This this was um, oh, you can buy um, you can buy pounds of fruit. Just just as we didn't get pissed and listen to Abba. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean the um, the Verstappen one though. 
if the rules had been actually written properly in two different places, then there may have been a penalty. But because they were written one way in the sporting code and one way in the race director's notes, they had to follow the sporting code. Which... Well, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, I do have an issue with 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 with, with that race with the race start. I have an issue with Ferrari's protests, but the, like the race start, like rain rain is bad, and rain is bad on a street circuit. Um, but yesterday, when we all saw that rain, well, I said, look, if they didn't start Spa in weather that was this bad, they sure as fuck can't start in Monaco. That set oh, that set a really weird precedent now. Mm. They can't start a race if it's raining quite heavily. The thing, which is <coughs> the bollocks, thing, because are these the twenty best drivers in the world or not? The thing was though, it wasn't. It wasn't when they actually finally decided uh, when the race start was going to be after they delayed it. It wasn't raining enough, and there wasn't enough standing water um, for full wet tires. But they decided it was going to be a safety car start, so everyone had to start on full wet tires. Mm-hmm. My my issue with it is that I don't ha- I don't mind them delaying the start, and I don't mind them sticking them behind the um, behind the safety car even just to go and clear some water away. I think the what the, the decision to make it so you can start behind you you can run a few wrap laps around a safety car and then do a standing start. I think is a fine fabulous rule. You know it's it it saved the start of multiple formula one races now but there was there was a point there when not only was that track ready to race on it was clearly ready for a standing start as well and it's just and i know we have the issue with the lights and stuff fine fucking say there's an issue with the lights postpone the race for another 15 minutes and fucking sort it out yeah uh i agree um Yes, there probably would have been some kind of accident, but that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. It's racing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't. You can't avoid every kind of incident and accident. I, I, I did totally agree with with Martin Brundle, and sometimes he can sound like a bit like a dinosaur. So I totally understand that if some people listening feel like my my comments are a bit outdated too. But the throttle pedal does work both ways. You can come off of it as well as go on it. That's what the skill is. Yeah, and it's whoever gets round and keeps their car in one piece is, is the victor. And that might have been Pierre fucking Gasly. That might have been um, Lance Stroll. Probably not. Um, but, <laughs> you know, that's the kind of thing we want. I mean, at the end of the day, we, we got one, two, three, four, uh, Red Bull, Ferrari, Red Bull, Ferrari. I mean, you might have got that if the race had stayed completely dry. Yeah. They are, the, the whole thing is with these wet races is that they do throw up these kind of things where oh my god, like that guy stuck it in a wall. He never crashes in the wet. Yeah. And, um, you know, oh my god, it's lap one and the driver who's out is Lewis Hamilton. He's put, you know, he's put his Mercedes into the barrier. Then obviously that's when you can throw a red flag and, you know, do whatever it is you need to do. But on the other side of the, of the same coin, you've got to make sure everyone's safe. And that includes marshals as well as, as, as you know, drivers, etc. You can't have a car. The, the, you can't have a car careering off the circuit into a marshal's post um, because they lost control. Did you see? The, the did you see post- what? 
Did you see the one that did at the uh, <coughs> at the Nurburgring 24 at the weekend? That was terrifying. No, no, I didn't. But when when you've got Marshall's posts that close to the circuit, uh, I, I I understand it. But at the same time, you know, the, yeah, it's the, you have to. There's a balance in the middle. Find the balance. Don't always like like. Remember why you're there. You're there to race. Yeah. Two two things. Uh, apart from the fact I know there's a set time which the race can go on, but I, I just mean this on a safety standpoint. If um, Belgium 98 happened now, that race wouldn't go ahead. No. Uh, um, if Canada 2011 happened, that race wouldn't go ahead. And we would have been robbed of two amazing races with two fucking crazy outcomes that will go down in the history of the sport. Um, I believe that um, if, and I, don't get me wrong, I realized there was, I, I realized the guy made some fucking mistakes. Uh, if my son, Michael Massey had been the race director this weekend, that race would have gone ahead. Ocon wouldn't have got a penalty. And we seem to have drifted back from the, from moving away from this, and we we went into a into a, a let them race type of scenario where they were sort of banging and clattering wheels a little bit, and it was like, oh well, okay, just you know, it's that that is what it is. We'll just we'll just give a warning here and there. We've now we've now fell back into that thing where if yeah. someone if someone tries something, they get penalised well, for well, it. Michael Massey, the Michael Massey it- never decided penalties; he just referred them to the race stewards mm-hmm. if he had to. Yeah. And it was but, De- and it was Derek Warwick again this weekend, who was the driver steward from um, Abu Dhabi last year, for the first time since Abu Dhabi last year. Yeah. Mm. But uh, oh well, that'll be why uh, that'll be why fucking Ocon got a penalty then. Because if because if, if there is fucking anything uh, Derek Warwick is good at, he's good at being a fucking penis warmer for Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, he owns a Honda dealership, so he, I think he, hit, um, he hates Renault as well. <laughs> um, Giovinazzi Participation Award. Uh, Yuki Sonoda. Could be Williams. Just all of Williams. Um, the Automobile Club of Monte Carlo. No, because they didn't really participate. They made sure everything was in place and then ran away. Well, they made sure that everything was nearly in place and ran away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just forgot to put the waterproofing on. Um, Williams, Williams is a good shout. I just want to say the uh, the the crazy Monaco race with the rain, ninety six. There's like the, that rain was similar to how it was to me to my memory as the, to how it was in ninety six when Olivier Panis won that race from. 13th, 14th on the grid. Something daft like that. And Mika Salo got in the points on a no-stopper. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> stop. And didn't he finish fourth out of the four finishers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were only four finishers of the race and he wasn't on the podium. I think that's it, isn't it? Because you know, you know, the, the answer to this would be, oh, well, that's, you know, that they were old cars, modern Formula 1 cars, it's more difficult to drive them. You will fix it. You know, you try, you're trying to fix the overtaking thing, then fix the fact that we can't race in the rain properly. 
Yeah, I think we said like didn't we last time after when Belgium didn't happen last year, like there needs to be. A and yet we and yet we still got two hours out of that podcast. I cannot work out for the life of me how. <laughs> but Ranting. there needs to be a procedure in place, doesn't there? There needs to be something where it says right, okay, it's too wet to start this race under normal conditions. Everybody must have. Everybody must start this race on on a on a set ride height uh, to clear the water and um, with, with with a set aero package. Um, to make sure you've got enough downforce um, to, you know, keep yourself planted on the racetrack as best as possible. Um, some kind of procedure like that. So nobody really loses out. Um, it's just like, okay, right, it's, it's extreme wet weather conditions. Everybody has to, you know, like they made them start on the wet weather tires. Mm. Like, yeah, behind the safety car. Make them go full downforce. You have to adjust your wings for full downforce with whatever setup you've got today. You need you need as much downforce as possible, and your ride height must be must be a minimum of of whatever. Um, you know, at, at the beginning of the race, uh, you'll you've got an extra fifteen minutes to sort it out, and that's when the race is starting, regardless of what the weather's doing. And then ev- then everything's equalised. Uh, you go out on the on, on the circuit. Yeah, okay, it totally fucks your setup because it's not a setup you you've used for the whole weekend. But everyone's in the same position, and the cars are racing. Mm. Somebody did find a work complaining, saying, "Oh, it was, it, it's more fair to another team. They were they were more prepared for it than we were." Do you think it should be a vote? And like, do you think there should be an anonymous driver vote, like a ballot? Yeah, I think listening to what the drivers were saying, they felt it was too wet to continue racing. But as I say, in those conditions, with those setups. If if you'd said right, you've got to use these, you've got to have this, and you've got to have this, uh, you now go out there and do the best you can. It's an equalizer for everyone, isn't it? For for the record, I do think at, at its worst, I think it was too wet to race. It was, there was a lot of standing water, wasn't yeah. there? It really did get very wet very quickly. Mm. Yeah, and it's, 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 I think at the point at the point you've got rivers. Like when you when you got rivers on the road, yeah. I, I I I don't think there's anything you can do there. I don't think there's there's any set of changes you can do. I don't think you can make the tires any better to make that to make that workable. But very quickly after they came in, that was ready to go. You know, that was it was ready to t- it was ready to go racing. And we round about the time Verstappen was saying, "I don't understand why we're not going out now." Uh, it was it was well, time to go. well as it turns out, there was no power. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that that's going to be severely looked at. Now, Monaco doesn't have a contract for next year. And I think there's going to be some serious negotiating being done. They're going to have to pay more, I think. That would be pay. Yeah. No, they pay... Um, they, they got the lowest fee out of any racetrack on the, on the calendar. You'd be surprised to hear, I'm sure. Um, but it's something like 12 million euros that they pay which is ridiculously low i didn't even think it was that much i thought i thought it was about half that i'm pretty sure i i read over the weekend that it's 12 about 12 million euros is what they pay and obviously they get to do things their own way as well yeah yeah like formula one has very little control over what happens at the, at the race in monaco yeah which is why i think um dominicali needs to um come down hard on them I'm just saying, like, I'm going to repeat my sentiment from earlier. Formula One was okay the year it didn't go to Monaco. I, you are right, and it and it will be it will be fine. And you know what? I probably won't even miss it if it's gone. But 
I think it should be around. We never go, so we wouldn't, you know, it's, it's all out of TV coverage <laughs> for us, isn't it? Mm. Obviously, if any major benefactors are out there and want to get us to every race, then um, please drop us a line. Three legs, four wheels. Well, yeah. Three legs, four wheels at gmail.com. I mean, ideally, what we would like to do is be at every race and do a podcast after the race from somewhere near the circuit. Because you're not allowed uh, to do it at the circuit. No. Uh, somewhere near the circuit, you know, in a hotel lobby or a bar or something like that. Um somewhere nearby and hopefully pick up the opinions of a few fans whilst we were at that would be ideal but no here we are on the isle of man but we've got our own racing to look forward to this week this is true yeah we do there is that otherwise you know we'd we'd have we'd have missed out perhaps some of today's um you know atmosphere soaking up i've just read something somewhere that's just we know we were talking earlier on about primal scream and the bass is coming through. Can you hear anything right now? Not no. at the moment, no. No. no uh, I think they might have gone home early because nobody went. <gasps> That's hilarious. Oh, dear. Well, they were charging, what was it, 65 quid a ticket? I, it was 69. A, it was a, yeah, 69 rings a bell. And I think when we went to see them at the villa about five years ago, it was, what, 35? Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah, I might be able so... to hear bass. I Go can't on. hear anything currently, but... Uh... Apparently, there's there's really not very many people on a Monday night watching uh, Primal Screen. Oh, they're probably all over the road by the BG statue watching it for not 69 quid. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, <laughs> yeah. Myself and a couple of colleagues did go up to the grandstand today to collect our media passes, and we did drive past Bobby Gillespie, who was just minding his own business, wandering along the prom. Or on his own planet. Um, right, I think that, that about does us for this week, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah, I have, yeah. I have no more pearls of wisdom. No. Um, we may be back next week, uh, depending on how things go with TT. Um, obviously, it's the busiest time of year for the island. We're going to we're gonna put um, some kind of TT thing together over the next fortnight. We're filming a lap of um, a track guide on Thursday. Well, All being it's, well. It's, it's, yeah, yeah we're, do, we're doing a lap of the track and we'll be doing little bits on individual se- sections if we get a chance. Yes. Yeah, this this is gonna this is a project that we've been planning on doing for the last three years, four years, <laughs> five years, yeah, six years, yeah, a long a long time. To be fair, it's been difficult for the last two years. Yeah, for the last two years, it's <laughs> um, it has been slightly tricky. But we'll be out we'll be out with out and about with the camera on um, on Thursday morning and maybe Friday as well, depending if we need to do it in two goes. Um, if you want to get access to the show early and um, for one to the extra Patreon show that we do, because we had a bit of a bit of a recorded chat before the podcast tonight. Just go to patreon.com slash three legs four wheels and you can uh, sign up there from one major currency unit a month. I'm trying to find an easy way to say one pound, <laughs> one euro or one dollar and it just doesn't trip off the tongue easily. Um, like I said, if you want to get in touch with us for anything, especially um, gifts of travel tickets and uh, an opportunity for us to go <laughs> on tour, then you can email us three legs four wheels at gmail.com and uh, at three legs four wheels on all the regular socials and individually on Twitter we are. At Sean Cowper. At Flood21. At Eternal Shunt. And at Pablo100. Right, we'll see you at some point in the next fortnight, I would have, I would expect. Maybe next Indeed. week, maybe the week after. But until then, see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.